Willkommen, bienvenue, welcome. Hi, welcome back to episode number three of my goddamn quest for happiness. I'm so excited you're here. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, this episode, we'll find out what is the number one predictor of long-term happiness. Do you know the answer? You might do if you've listened to episode one, but let's dive into it. Hi, and welcome to my goddamn quest for happiness. I am Anne Klein, actor, comedian and life coach. Okay, sure. This podcast is all about happiness. What makes us happy? What makes some people happier than others? And why can't I get it? I've been reading a lot of books. I've been talking to many, many people, watching lots of YouTube videos, rabbit hole, and I have discovered a few things and I would love to share just that with you. Hello and welcome to episode number three. Three is my favourite number. Let's hope it means something for this episode. <laughs> um, thanks so much for, for sticking around, for coming back. This episode, we'll look into the number one predictor of long-term happiness. It is almost a one-to-one -one correlation between this factor and happiness. Point seven. That is a hell of a lot in positive psychology, I have been told. I obviously don't know this for myself because what do I know? But uh, it's a lot. Yeah, this thing is the main thing and let's find out what it is. I mean, if you've read the title of this episode, you already know and if you've listened to episode one, you also already know, but I just want to create a bit of mystery around the whole thing, so just play along, will ya? <laughs> okay. So during the times that we most lack happiness, when we feel stressed or depressed or overwhelmed or whatever, what is a tendency we've all got? I think it is to retreat. And not only I think, but Harvard studies have shown this as well. I am back to The Happiness Advantage. Still am with this book. It is great. Shout out to Mummy and Shortacre. Not my man, I apologize. But he has said, and I have mentioned in episode one, that Harvard students have had a tendency to retreat to move away from social connection. And I have a similar tendency and I'm sure we're not alone with this. This is what people tend to do. There's too much work. I just don't have the time. I will not go out tonight. I will not have that drink. I don't have time for this phone call. I'll just stay in and I'll do my work. Or sometimes there's thoughts like, I just feel too down right now and I want to deal with this on my own. I don't want to be a burden to other people. Or I, I need to protect myself from other people even. You know, I, I'd, I'd mentioned in the past that that there was this year where I just stayed in my room on my own and that was the main thought I had that the outside world was almost a bit threatening and I had to protect myself and I had to stay in. And there's a little thing called being an introvert, which I am, and it's a trap sometimes because I can tell myself, well, I need to stay away from people because I'm an introvert, but even introverts need social connection from time to time. Uh, so don't go hiding behind that, okay? You, you only need rest from people if you've had people around, okay? You can't always use an excuse. <laughs> now, during these times of lockdown, which unfortunately most of us are in right now, I personally am so guilty of this. I feel incredibly overwhelmed, both emotionally and with work. You know, tensions are running high. Most people I speak to are just having a really hard time because this is a very, very straining situation to be in. And for me, personally, the first thing to go were my social contacts. And it's 
it's ironic because it's what I've been preaching all along, <laughs> that relationships are important. And yet when I look at my behavior during this time, I was like, woozers. I just don't have the time to connect with people right now. And that is a big mistake. That is a big mistake. This is my attempt at a Russian accent. Oh man, it's much better with like two instead of myself. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that all I need to get through these times is myself and a bit of drag race. So go go you you go girl. But in our society, this is what we've been taught. Being self-reliant is a sign of strength. You know, if you can do it on your own, then you're really worth something. Veronica Mars didn't need anybody else to solve all those crimes. I I probably lost most of you there. I don't think many people will have watched Veronica Mars. Uh, well, no, many, many people did, actually, but it's a bit of a niche reference, nevertheless. So I'm gonna lose you even more now. If you're watching The Good Place right now, you will know that Veronica Mars really needs to rely on her friends to stay safe. I'm gonna have to explain this one, I'm so sorry. Basically, the woman who played Veronica Mars, a PI, teenager PI, who solved the the murder of her best friend, was uh, actress uh, Kristen Bell, who also plays Eleanor Shellstrop in the new Netflix series, The Good Place. This is uh, an advertisement that I am not supposed to make, so Netflix, if you want to send me some money, I'm totally open to that. But, uh, The point is there, nonetheless, that maybe all the shows we watched showed us how we need to be self-reliant, and now there's a few shows out there that show us that we need to be a team. And that is the point of the episode. We seem to think that we can make it on our own because all successful people that we see out there are lone wolves, and if if we ever make it, we want to be able to say, I did it on my own. I didn't need anybody else to do this because I am strong and I am a great person. Because this is how we imagine it works. This is all the bi- biographies we read about the, the Steve Jobs and whatever, who knows who. <laughs> Steve Jobs is the only person in the world I know about. But like all these autobiographies are about this one person, which is why it's called an autobiography. But we, we have this impression that this person did it on their own. And there's a Stanford psychologist called Carol Dweck, who I adore. And her book is definitely going to feature in one of these episodes because she is great. She has blown my mind. But she demonstrates this point because she asked her students how they imagine some of the important people from history at work. So, for example, she said, how do you imagine Thomas Edison? when he invented the light bulb. And overwhelmingly, the students have all responded that he's in his lab on his own. It's like dark and he's just towering over this light bulb and he's just tinkering about and he's just single-mindedly focused on this task. And then all of a sudden, bam, the light bulb works. And that is how we imagine great things in history to happen. You know, all these clever people that just did this stuff on their own and then it all happened. It all worked out. Uh, In reality, Thomas Edison thrived in groups. He loved loved being around other people and he worked best when he was surrounded by other people and he actually invented a light bulb with the help of 30 assistants. So what we hear today, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, is not really true. Thomas Edison and 30 other people invented the light bulb together. So we should move away from this idea that great things are done on your own and by just, you know, getting in there and like focusing like crazy and just working and I have complete disregard for family and friends because I need to reach my success. So let's look into what actually is the number one factor for happy people and success. I am still pretending... (laughs) 
then it's not obvious what this is all about, as if I hadn't said it 50 times already. But let's just <laughs> let's just go along with this now. Guys, come on, give me a bit of joy here. Um, there is a study. Oh my god, have I mentioned how much I love studies? There's a study that's called the Harvard Men's Study. Why isn't it the Harvard Women's Study? Well, for obvious reasons. Anyway, Harvard Men's Study followed 268 men from their entrance into college in the late 1930s up to the present day. This is the longest running study conducted. And they have tried to find out what personal characteristics of people make them have the happiest and the fullest lives compared to the less successful ones. So they measured from the time these men started college up until today, what was the characteristic they had that made some of them happier than the others. And the answer to this is one word, love. All you need is love. I apologize. But researchers have found that social bonds are not just predictive of overall happiness, but also of eventual career achievement, occupational success and income. Social bonds are the thing that make us both happier and more successful. Mm. Mind blown. My mind is blown. My mind is blown. I don't know about you, but I don't think that we actually talk about this quite so much in society because it does seem to be like a soft thing. Love is this soft thing and friendships are, you know, a luxury and, you know, a nice thing, but they are the thing that distracts us from success. And actually, it is uh, the uh, wrong conclusion because friendships, relationships, social bonds are the thing that create our success and our happiness. Amazing! Um, also, I, I uh, once for a different project had to research something around knife crime around Glasgow. And what it said in this article was that there is one day during the year where knife crime drops substantially. And you want to guess what day this is? I did not expect this. But apparently, on Valentine's Day, knife crime reduces dramatically. And that is proof that love conquers all. Thank you very much. Mic drop. Goodbye. See you next time. Just kidding. Let's keep going. <laughs> it turns out that the greatest predictor of long-term happiness is our social connection score. This means the breadth the depth and the meaning of our social connections. And what matters here is how we perceive our social connection to be, not what the experience social connection is. So if I'm around a thousand people and I feel really lonely, then that's my social connection. If I'm just around one other person and I feel really deeply connected, then that is the thing that matters. So it's not the amount of people, it's how you feel about it that matters. Okay, and why is social connection so important to us? It appears that we need social relationships to thrive. Actually having a community of people around us allows us to multiply our emotional, intellectual and physical resources. We manage to bounce back from setbacks faster and we accomplish more and feel a greater sense of purpose. These are many very important things that are achieved just by having social connections, which uh, seems pretty great. I wonder if feeling really connected to Mark Ronson is giving me some sort of social connection. I feel like maybe because it's one-sided and he doesn't know I exist. It kind of doesn't work that way. I should ask Sean Aker how he feels about this. Um, anyway, this is something, this fact that social connection makes us more successful and happier is something that successful people know instinctively because when they are in times of crisis, they rely more heavily on other people instead of turning inward. So what we do as non-successful people, you must not be successful, otherwise you would not be listening to this podcast. Come on, let's 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 spread some negativity out there. <laughs> people that don't know this have a tendency when the going gets tough to look inwards, to retreat, 
eat as I do. But actually, successful people know to, in those times, rely even more heavily on other people. They know it makes them happier, more productive, more engaged, more energetic, and more resilient. We are biologically created in a way to need social connection, to thrive, to live. When we make a positive social connection, this pleasure-inducing hormone that we've spoken about previously is released, which is called oxytocin. It's released into our bloodstream and it reduces anxiety and it improves our concentration and focus. Social bonds bolster our cardiovascular and immune systems and it means that actually our body functions better when we have good friendships and relationships. So there is actual straightforward biological proof or reason for us needing other people. I think that's quite amazing because if we think that we're all individuals and suddenly we realize, hang on a second, if I need other people to feel better, then that means we're all kind of connected. We can't we can't live as well or survive as well if we're on our own as when we're all together. So really your happiness creates my happiness. Isn't that beautiful? Now let's go hug a tree. Uh, right. To show even more how this affects us biologically, there's another study that was conducted and that showed that people who received emotional support during the six months following a heart attack were three times more likely to survive. I'm just gonna leave that there for a second. To me, it's mind-blowing. A simple thing like having social connection affects your immune system, your longevity, how well you recover from a, a disease, a heart attack, an injury. All of these things are, are helped by the fact that we have friends. That's amazing in my book. It turns out that social support has as much effect on life expectancy as smoking, high blood pressure, obesity and regular physical activity. Which, to me, that means one thing. I'm gonna stop exercising and just have movie nights with friends instead. That was meant to be a joke. It's not funny. It turns out making a joke on your own in a basement to a microphone is not as funny. I should get some laugh tracks or something just to make myself feel better. That's why you need friends to laugh at your jokes. But yeah, physical activity does no more for you than having friends. So <laughs> that's good for us lazy people, isn't it? Um, another thing that social connection does is it actually changes our reality. So a good social connection lowers your stress levels, so the stress you experience has less effect on your body, and it also means that you are less likely to even perceive a situation as stressful in the first place. So you're not as likely to become stressed, and if you do, your body recovers from it much quicker. But also, and this one is crazy, if you look at a mountain on your own, it appears to you to be 10 to 20% steeper than if you look at it standing next to a friend that you might climb it with. I cannot believe this. I used to think that I could rely on my eyesight. I used to think that seeing something in front of me is a non-negotiable. If there is a table, there is a table. You know, you can't tell me you don't see a table. But I can think a mountain is steeper. It can look to me as being steeper if I'm on my own than if I stand next to a friend that I'm going to climb it with. My actual perception of reality changes. So we don't 
we don't just feel differently about things. Our actual perception changes, which is pretty amazing. So we should capitalize on that. If we have a difficult situation to overcome, the fact that we have a friend next to us makes the situation seem much less difficult. So we're much more likely to actually achieve it. It means our life becomes simpler for us just by having friends around. Okay, Anne, that all sounds really great. But how can I, how can I use that for my benefit? Like, how can I capitalize on my relationships? Um, you can actually do that very easily. Uh, just when you're walking down the street, when you're walking into the office, when you're getting up in the morning, you have so many opportunities to strengthen those connections or to make connections. If you walk past someone, just say hello. Make sure you make eye contact because actually neuroscience has revealed that eye contact sends a signal to your brain triggering empathy and rapport. So there's an actual thing happening in your brain that strengthens the bond when you make eye contact with someone. So try using that. Try using that just on the street. Try using that when talking to your partner. Try using that when you walk into the office and say, hey dude, how you doing? Hey guy, nice to see you again from episode one. How you doing today? Look at me looking you in the eye. Aren't we best friends now? Done. Amazing. And strike up more conversations with people. See, guy, what I just did? I struck up a conversation with you. Aren't I amazing? Uh, strike up conversations with people and ask interested questions. Practice active listening because many people listen as if waiting for an opportunity to make their own point. I'm sure you have noticed this in others and I'm sure you've noticed this in yourself. During my life coaching course, this is a thing that we were taught. One of the main things you have to do as a coach is practice active listening. So make sure you listen carefully to what the other person is saying. Also here, eye contact is a great thing to use. If you if you look past their shoulder, they're like, they don't even care what I'm saying. Look them in the eye, listen to them and try to take in what they say. Don't already think about the next thing you're gonna say and just wait for a little pause in their sentence so you can jump in. Listen to what they say and when they're done, give a response. <laughs> it sounds very simple, but most of us don't do this anymore in our day-to-day -day lives. And try it. It's going to change your relationship immediately. It's gonna, The other person is going to notice immediately that you're listening better to them. And they're going to be more open to what you're saying and they're going to feel more attracted to you. <laughs> Not necessarily sexually, but just they're going to feel like this person actually cares about what I have to say. And nothing makes you like someone more than feeling like they think you're interesting. So it's a very easy thing to do. You should give it a go. Give it a go. Let me know how it goes. And also, this sounds like a lot of effort, and it is. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of effort because it is. But if you try and make other people's lives better, if you invest into other people's lives, uh, making introductions, uh, connect people to each other, show interest. You know, there was this uh, manager that was referenced in The Happiness Advantage who said that every day he tries to find out one new thing about a person he's speaking about and then he references that thing later on in other conversations. And it's just a really good way to stay interested in other people and also make those people people notice that you notice them, that you care about them, that you know things about them and you care to remember them. So it takes effort, but it will pay dividends. And as we've seen in the beginning of this episode, it will benefit you in the end. So if you're trying to be selfish, if you're saying like, I don't want to have to care about other people, I just want to put myself in the best possible position. I just want to focus on me. The best way for you to focus on you is to focus on others. 
it's difficult to do you know it's it takes practice to to change those things and also maybe try not to change everything at once because it, it takes effort it's a practice it's like brushing your teeth you know you you can brush them today and your teeth are clean but that doesn't mean you never have to do it again okay so you're just gonna have to keep practicing this stuff every day and be kind to yourself if you don't manage to do it all the time but set a goal of of doing this once a day just say okay once a day I will use one conversation and just try and listen to them actively try and be interested in what they say like properly like stay in the moment and uh, find out one new thing about them easiest easiest peasy easiest peasy that's an expression I just made it up and I actually really like it a lot more than a correct expression. So you're welcome, world. So how can you share this with other people? Because happiness is not just self-help. This is like a perception that trying to follow your bliss and trying to to find happiness, it's a self-help thing, but it's actually not. It has a ripple effect on everyone around you. And if we figure out that actually our own happiness can only really come if we care about other people's happiness and we connect with other people and we help them and we focus outwards, then the inward will become better. That means that actually happiness is for the greater good. So now you get to be selfish if being selfish means caring for others. We, we can use gratitude for this thing as well. We can share happiness with other people by employing gratitude, which uh, if you've listened to episode two, you know all about. <laughs> uh, because we can bring this into our offices, into our schools, into our homes. You can do this gratitude exercise that we saw in last episode to start a meeting at work, for example, or a school day. Or you can do it around the dinner table. Share it with other people. So if you if you start a meeting by everyone doing their three gratitude things, you will find out more things about other people. They will find out more things about you. You will feel more connected to each other and more positively about each other. You can also do an exercise where, for example, um, every day someone else gets to nominate a person that they want to thank or praise. Someone who's done something good. You could do this at school, say. Or you could do this at a business meeting and just um now guy since you are always here guy what are you doing in my basement um guy you've got someone you want to nominate today and guy says actually i would like to nominate the janitor because he's always around cleaning up everything making sure that we get to come into a clean office and he washes our our cups so we can just leave them in the sink and next morning there's fresh cups so we can have our coffee and i'd just like to nominate him and thank him for the work he does for us and is never seen and since the janitor is probably not present in this meeting someone else gets to go and tell the janitor about this and now three people have been involved in this positive spiral where someone gets to nominate someone gets to think about all the good things that they say and they get they get to speak in front of everyone and say something really nice and just show everyone what a nice and kind and generous person they are someone else gets to go and deliver the good news and see how happy the janitor is to hear it and the janitor gets it's not it doesn't just have to be a janitor just the third person the person in question gets to hear that someone appreciated their work and everyone else in the meeting also took something positive from it because they feel more positively about the stuff that's being done they they start the meeting in a positive mindset and they're probably already thinking about who they could nominate next time so they're going looking for what people around are doing good things it just creates a wonderful a wonderful ripple effect isn't it lovely but it's it it is (laughs) i don't want to be cheesy but it's just so lovely (laughs) 
<laughs> so we all get to do good things. And at the end of all this, so if we're thanking other people, we are in a positive mindset, we activate someone else's in a positive mindset, and it shows us how many meaningful connections we really have in our life. After a while, you start seeing like, there's so many people around me that I want to thank and that I, you know, that I can thank every day. So actually, my social bonds are much stronger than I perceived previously. Because, as I said earlier, it doesn't matter how many people there are. It's your perception. So you can have really strong connections and not know it. And then it means nothing. So if you can focus on that, if you can remind yourself of how many good connections you have, strong, deep, meaningful connections you have, you will feel much, much better about your social connection about your bonds, and uh, it will have all the positive effects that we have mentioned previously. It's amazing. It's like self-medicating with love. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I should change my attempt to not make this cheesy to just making this as cheesy as I can, because <laughs> I think I'm on a good path here. I'm on a good track here. <laughs> It's just like, how cheesy can we make this? Okay, and I just want to say a word or two again about this COVID situation because I think a lot of us feel really lonely right now. This is overwhelmingly the feedback I've received from people, whether they live alone and they feel like completely disconnected from everybody else or whether they are surrounded by family members and just feel like I, I can't find myself anymore. I don't feel like my connections with other friends or even my family members are as strong as they were. People overwhelmingly feel lonely during this time. But actually, I think we are in many ways much more connected than we've ever been because never before has the entire world been dealing with the exact same thing at the exact same time. If you just open up your social media, you open up the news, you you, you, you watch any star out there from any country, wherever you look, you know people's main preoccupation right now is this virus. And while this virus is a horrible thing and there's terrible, terrible consequences and many of us are struggling a lot, it is also reassuring to know that we are all in this together. The amount of people that are out there that are trying to help each other, that are, you know, making art and culture accessible, freely accessible to everybody else, that are trying to find ways to, to reconnect and to do something good, it is really heartwarming and it's really nice. So we have we have this access to community now in some ways that we've not had before. I don't know if you've noticed, I, I, I'm sure it's like this in many places, but now if you go for a walk, you walk down the street and you see someone who's keeping their distance from you, they are still making eye contact with you. They're saying hi. They're asking you how you're doing. There's this there's this urge to reconnect with people. And it's beautiful because we've lost this in our times of constant work and constant striving and social media. And right now, I think we, we, we realize again what is really important. And it's a great opportunity. It's this chance to finally notice what's important again. Oh my gosh, I should run for president. Um, I think you know what I mean. And I think looking at it in this way can make us feel much less lonely and also capitalize on our social connections during these times. Great. Now that I've made my speech, <laughs> let's look at our tip for this week. We have seen how much social bonds reinforce us and make us happier, make us more successful, make us achieve more, make us healthier, make us live longer, how much they can do for us. And here's a very easy exercise to do that will strengthen this immediately. It is linked very heavily to gratitude, which we've seen in last episode. And the thing you can do is 
every morning when you start your engines. Oh, and may the best woman win. Another Drag Race reference. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> when you start your emails, you, you, you dial up your emails. I am a very, very modern person and I know technology very well. But when you start your work day or whatever, just write a two-minute positive email or message or voice note, whatever you guys are into, to one person praising or thanking them for something they've done. Just two minutes, very quick, just something to praise them or thank them. Uh, this will make the other person feel very good about what they've done. This will make you feel like a hero because the rest of the day you'll walk around and be like, I'm such a good person for sending out that nice message to another person. And over time, you will start realizing how large your social network really is. You will suddenly realize how many people you have to thank. And every morning, you start your day in a positive way by reconnecting with someone else, by doing something good for them. And if you're lucky, you'll probably get quite a few positive emails back as well. I mean, I would say don't do it for that because if you, 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 know, if you don't get a response, you'll be disappointed and it will ruin the effect. But if you go in with good intentions, I am sure a lot of it will come back to you as well. And this way now, next time you open your emails and you have to start your work, not only are you sending out positive emails, putting you in a good mindset, but you might also have received lots of good emails, which makes you feel better about the emails you're reading. <laughs> and expressions of gratitude to other people have been proven to strengthen both your personal and your professional bonds. There's studies that show that gratitude creates an upward spiral of a relationship where everyone involved feels motivated to strengthen the bond. So if you if you are grateful to the other person, it will make them more motivated to, to create a better friendship, to be more grateful to you, to give back, and, and it keeps spiraling. It keeps spiraling upwards, so you can only win by doing this. That is basically the entire opponent of this. Social connection, social networks are the number one predictor of our long-term happiness. They are the one thing that predicts today how long you're going to live, how happy you're going to be, how su successful you're going to be in your life. More so than education or smoking or exercising habits or whatever. Social relationships are the predictor of how well you're going to do in your life and how long you're going to live. We have seen how we can do this, how this has a ripple effect on other people, how this benefits us and a tiny little exercise that we can do very easily every morning to capitalize on that. And I think, why not try another Instagram thingamajig <laughs> where weekly we thank or praise one person on Instagram. We can post a picture of them or whatever they've done for us and we can write why we are grateful for them or what great thing they have done and uh, add the little hashtag goddamn gratitude. I think this would be a really nice thing to do because it is a reminder for you that there's another person out there that's doing, done something positive for you. It's lovely for them to get publicly noticed and praised and thanked. And it's also a really nice way of reclaiming this social media space, which you know, we know from research that it can make us really depressed and it can pull us down and to use this space for something positive and to have a little ripple effect, make it, pay it forward, make it spiral outward. Wouldn't that be lovely? Thanks so much for listening. I really hope this has helped you. I really hope this was clear and interesting and a little bit fun. Uh, please let me know your thoughts. Please message me on Instagram, add goddamn happiness pod. Please go on Facebook, my goddamn 
damn quest for happiness and check out aldo.lu for all episodes and more information and uh yeah do share this episode with other people if you feel like it could benefit them especially you know in the vein of strengthening your social connections let me know how it goes please reach out to me please reach out to others i'll reach out to you i'll reach out to others and uh please come again and come back in two weeks time for more thank you ciao ciao